All right, John chapter number one, Brother Glenn has done, give you a prelude, he didn't know it, but he gave you a prelude to my message today, and some of his statements in the Sunday school, <clears throat> that that happens, and uh, yeah, for those that have been here in the last several weeks, some of the same points and or statements, and then I, I question that uh, as I was looking at this, uh, you know, kind of a, basically some of the same stuff from a different angle, in a sense, and I questioned that, and, and the Lord kind of, Holy Spirit said, you know, you got some people that haven't heard those points in the past, the several weeks that will be there at church today, so maybe it's for them. <laughs> so anyway, the Lord knows, knows that too. So again, some reiteration. Uh, but then maybe sometimes, you know, just to drive the point home. That's one reason, you know, teachers uh, do what teachers do is, you know, the same stuff for 12 years, especially, you know, this is a noun. <laughs> you heard that? This is a verb. This is a, I mean, you heard it for all 12 years of high school or 12 years of school through high school. And uh, so hopefully after 12 years of hearing it, you, you might have remembered a little bit about it. Actually, I've got that in a definition uh, in my in my in my message this morning, so uh, John chapter number one, we're going to look here. Ah, uh, let's see here. I want to get to verse twenty nine, but uh, they're asking about who John was. Let's see. Let's go to verse nine or nineteen. That's a good place to start there. And this is the record of John, not John the Baptist, not John the Apostle, the Apostle John who wrote the book and the gospel here. This is John the Baptist. Got to keep things in, in perspective here. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make, make straight the way of the Lord, as, that, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you. He was already amongst them, <laughs> among them. Now there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him <laughs> And saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin 
of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but he should be made manifest to Israel, wherefore I come, I, wherefore, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And of course he bore record of that baptism. And then if you'll jump down to verse number 34, he says, And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God, Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon... After, let me read that again. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the day. Thank, I pray, Lord, that you'll touch my voice it seems all of a sudden to have become scratchy i pray that you'll give me grace and help uh, in that pray for for others still uh fighting some of the sickness and things of the season pray for jesse that uh, we thank you that uh that he made made it to chicago and thank you lord that he's got a connector flight but lord you know all things help him to learn whatever you're trying to show him in that and we just praise you and pray that he'll make it on in home safe Pray that you work in areas that he needs worked in as we have uh, talked about in our family and prayed over and continue to pray over. Pray for the unspoken request that was mentioned in the Sunday school room. I pray, Lord, I mean in the prayer room. Pray, Lord, for other prayer requests for Brother Donaldson that you give grace and help to him and the Robinson family. Touch them, we pray, in these days. Pray and ask that you will guide and direct in this uh, message. Give utterance and boldness, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <clears throat> All right, so, and again, Brother Win, uh, brother, Win, brother uh, Glenn mentioned this to the Behold the Lamb of God a couple of times in his, in his Sunday school. And it was probably Tuesday when I was waiting for the air conditioning heating man to come. He couldn't get me, he originally was supposed to meet me around 5 o'clock, and he was delayed at a, at a job and come around 7, so... I was sitting here at the church waiting, reading, praying, and then that's when I felt directed to this scripture here and began to muse upon it through the week and, and one thing or another. And I, I've, I've taught in the Sunday school at Island Ford and, uh, went, and the way that they did it in the men's Sunday school, uh, two or three different men would teach and uh, sometimes we would take it a month at a time uh, and then other times it was... Uh, it was like every every week was somebody different of the several men that taught. When we did it that way, if we went through a book, it was kind of because you had to try to play catch up. So we kind of went to the the month at a time. So you get four lessons basically, and then uh, then four lessons, and then four lessons if three people was teaching. But anyway, I did go through John at the time years ago, and uh, when I got to verse number twenty nine, I mean, brother Bill Williams, missionary and. Um, missionary in uh, Mexico, uh, second generation missionary in Mexico, down around the Monterey. He was he was there, and um, when I gave the definition of the word "behold" there in verse number twenty nine, he come unglued, <laughs> and uh, I mean, talking about shouting, I mean, he stood up and got to testifying pretty hard, and and uh, and you just got to know, brother Williams, he's got a a high pitched shrill shout, but anyway, he he had a time, of course, you know, he kind of. 
it kind of spreads to other folks when somebody gets to shout a little bit and uh, gets excited about the Lord. And so, uh, but I'll never forget that that particular morning. So here in verse number 29, John declares Jesus. And the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And I appreciate uh, what Brother Glenn said about it. He even kind of alluded to, we're going to actually go and look at it in, in Exodus here a moment. But let's look at the word, at the definition of the word behold. And when I, like I said, brought it out years ago, I never have thought about it. I've, I've I mentioned it here uh, in passing, but I re-looked re it up according to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. To fix the eyes upon... To see with attention. There's where I'm going to get to. To observe with care. Let me read that again. To fix the eyes upon, behold. It's not, it's not just looking at. It's to see with attention. So look at it and pay attention to it. And then to observe with care. Pay Close attention to it. <laughs> it's not just a glance. It's a glance with observation. Close attention. With some care. And, when, and, and in light of Exodus chapter number 12. And when the first time the Passover is mentioned and given to Moses and to the children of Israel to observe... And, of course, John said, Behold the Lamb of God. And this is talking about the Passover Lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, in the, uh, unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month. Of the year to you. Now, based on the Jewish calendar, their first month is not January. Their first month is April. <laughs> and that's why, based on the Jewish calendar and just this, this is just a side note, the Jewish calendar and when they observe Passover, okay, is when Easter is observed based on their Passover calendar, which is an their first month is April. So that's where we see that here in the scriptures. So God declared that that was going to be their first month. All right? So God put it all in order. All right. So speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take unto them every man a lamb, According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls, every man according to his eating, <clears throat> shall make you count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, ye shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day, 
of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So they were to take it aside on the tenth day of the month, and they were to kill it on the fourteenth day of the month. So for three days, they were to set it aside in examination. They were to set it aside for observation. They were to look carefully at it, behold, to observe with care, to see with attention. They were to examine it that it didn't have a blemish. And that's what they were looking for. They were taking a lamb without blemish, but they were to pay attention to it for three days. And it's been said of Christ's ministry that it began approximately the time that he was 30 30 years old and for the next three, three and a half years, he was examined. In fact, and I'm getting ahead of myself, when Pilate, when he stood before Pilate, Pilate, there's a couple of beholds that Pilate did where but Pilate, in examination, brought him out before the people and declared unto them, I find in him no fault. I find no fault at all. So an examination of Christ, there was no fault. There was no reason for him to be put to death. There was, no, there was innocence in these lambs. Could be from the, <laughs> from the goat or from the sheep. There was innocence in these lambs. They were without spot or without blemish, these lambs that were set aside year after year because this was a recurring thing, still is, among the Orthodox Jews, a recurring thing, you know, that they observed Passover. And so it was established here in, in, in Exodus chapter 12, and it was a three-day examination and so when, as Brother Glenn pointed out in the Sunday school, when John declared, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, this was the beginning of Christ's ministry. John the Baptist was one that had come before them to declare the one that was standing among them, start looking at him. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So, so the word behold is the focus this morning. Again, to fix the eyes upon. And he's, he's John, he's John the Baptist is telling these Pharisees, look, start looking at him. Start examining him. Look with care. Look, see it. Pay attention to him. In fact, the second time that he declares that in verse number 34, what happens? Now, John had some disciples. When John come from without the wilderness and began baptizing, people started following John, started learning from John. But what happens here, so again the next day, verse 35, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Now the first declaration with them Pharisees bunch. The second declaration apparently was these two disciples that were standing next to him. And when he declared to his disciples the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, or behold the Lamb of God, what happened? The two disciples left John and followed Jesus. And that's what's supposed to be happening. 
That's why we, as churches, are to go into all the world to preach the gospel. That's why we, as, as Christians, are supposed to, to go and be a witness. And then we, as pastors, we, as preachers, are supposed to stand up and declare it. The gospel. And to preach. And to cry aloud and spare not. And that's what John did here. He said, there come, as he pointed out there in, uh, in, there in John, you know, when, he, when the Pharisees was asking him, he said, uh, I come baptizing with water. <clears throat> but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. And he talked about uh, eventually baptizing with fire. There we go. That he, in another passage of scripture apparently. So, so he's saying, fix your eyes upon Jesus. He's saying, see him with attention. Don't just discount him. Don't just a passing look, a passing glance. Pay attention to him. Observe with care as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, as that Passover lamb that you examined for three days. That you examined closely so that when you killed it, it was an innocent lamb with no blemishes. No fault at all. (laughs) Turn with me now to Luke chapter 2. You knew I had to get this in here, right? Behold, and I'm just going to basically preach the gospel points. We're going to behold his birth. I'm actually going to behold his examination or trial. We're going to behold his death. And there's so much in all of these that we could be at any, any one of these points. We're going to behold his resurrection and we're going to behold his second coming. But as we look to these parts of Christ's life, I'm thinking, and I don't know if it's going to be, I think after we get done on Wednesday nights with the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, I don't know. There's somewhere I want to plug in, and it may be after Second Peter. That'd be a good place to put it on Sunday nights. Uh, but basically, doing a study on the life of Christ, and um, and just examine Him. We're in Christology right now, and we're seeing a whole lot of good points. And then we've seen we've seen theology on, on Wednesday nights, and we're Christology, and we're going to go to pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. One God manifesting himself in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, equal in all attributes and power, okay? We serve one God. But we see each of these manifestations, and we're studying those there on Wednesday nights. But the life of Christ through the Gospels, the things that he did, and we're going to see a verse of Scripture here, there was so much more that's not even recorded. But behold his birth, Luke chapter 2. In verse number 10, again, fix your eyes upon, to see with attention, to observe with care. The angels made a declaration, and the angels said unto him, Fear not, for I bring you, or for behold, there it is, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior 
which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and this is the word see here, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they went, and they looked, and they beheld. He said, the angel declared for them to go and look and observe, and that's exactly what they did. Let us go see. Let us now go see. <laughs> And then they went and seen, and then they became witnesses to what they seen. They went and declared it themselves. So one of the things that as I was going through this, it's not just the behold these things about Christ and these, these aspects of Christ's life that we're going to look at, is that each of these times that we look at and we see this declaration to behold, we've seen these declarations to observe, there are declarations that come out of it. And uh, so the angel told them to go, to look, to see, to observe with care, to pay attention to. And they went, so they declared, hey, let's go and see this thing. And then that was made known, and then they went and declared it to the people. Uh, let's see here. And they came, verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying, which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorified and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So behold his birth, behold his examination slash trial. I've got the trial there, and I've already, like I said, got a little ahead of myself. John chapter 19. So I like what one person pointed out. Um, I seen the other day a, a preacher. I know he was in evangelism for a long time. He pastors uh, South Georgia. I'm trying to think. The town, it's Lakeland Baptist uh, Church. I think it's Lakeland. Anyway, um, he put out on his church sign, said that there was one time, the one time that Christ referred to his birth was that he was born to die. Born to, so uh, he put that out on the sign there. So we know these lambs, I mean, in Exodus, they were, they were lambs. They were the young of the goats and or the sheep. And then we also know, and people was making, uh, what, uh, merchandise, there we go, making merchandise of God's people there in the temple and, and the, the Lord Jesus Christ drove them out. So there were people that started raising animals just for sacrifices. Somebody, you know, those, those uh, 
those folks that seen dollar signs, those folks that said, I can make a living doing this. And they, so in making a living doing that, they, some of those that was offered up as sacrifices wasn't without blemish. Weren't without blemish necessarily because we see that in Malachi chapter 3. <laughs> they started making merchandise. They said, oh, we're going to just make some money off this. I'm going to breed just, to, just for sacrifices. But in breeding just for sacrifices, they were making merchandise of God's people. This is not in my message. Making merchandise of God's people. And they became a lot of animals that started getting blemishes. God said, I didn't want no part of that. You bring to me the lame. You bring to me, and I'm not going to go there and read that, but it's in there. All the more reason if Malachi, if it's there in Malachi, I believe that's where it's at. And the 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 period of time between Malachi and Matthew that we that it's not recorded. We we they, they the children of Israel stopped hearing from God until John the Baptist, probably as I read it, the last prophet was sent, declaring. The one crying in the wilderness, as he said of himself. John chapter 19, verse number 4. Pilate therefore, let's make up verse number 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it upon his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, again to fix the eyes upon him, to see with the attention, to observe with care. Pilate is saying, look people, I'm in here asking him some questions. Like he said here, behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. I have examined him. I have looked closely at him. I have observed with care. I have looked with attention to, and I find no fault with him. At the beginning of John, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God would take away the sin of the world. And for a period of three years or so, he walked among them. He, 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 was, he said, Believe me, if you can't, what did he say there in chapter 14? He said uh, to his own disciples, he says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Verse 10, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Other scriptures, what manner of man is this? <laughs> no man ever spake as this man. I mean, all kinds of little phrases like that as people on the outside were hearing his message, as people on the outside was looking at his works, as people on the outside, they, they, they could see that there was a difference. And that's what John said to do. Behold. Look at him. Pay attention to him. Observe him with care. And you'll see that he's different. (laughs) 
You'll see, like Pilate seen, I find no fault in him at all. That ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. As a man, there was no fault. He's going to say, Behold the king in a second. But as a man, examine him as a man among you. As that lamb, those lambs and the Passover lamb, the lambs among the rest of the sheep, among the rest of the flock, there were some obviously with blemishes. They were not fit for sacrifice, but there were some without blemish. But they had to be examined. And as (laughs) Emmanuel, God with us, as he came among us and walked among us, And as we see his humanity in our studies on Wednesday night, we've seen in his humanity that, that, you know, the the fact that he was tired spoke of his humanity. He slept, he rested. Uh, uh, The fact that he thirsted, he hungered spoke of his humanity. And as a man, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. He's perfect among you. Verse number 14 of that same chapter. And it was a preparation and it was the preparation of the Passover. Imagine that. (laughs) That the Lamb of God which taken away the sin of the world declared in John chapter 1 died around Passover. Isn't it amazing how God puts it all together when he told his disciples, I must needs go to Jerusalem. They couldn't understand. They're going to kill you if you go to Jerusalem. I'm paraphrasing there. That's exactly the point. That's why I have to go. But they just didn't see it again going back to the other night. They still was looking for an earthly kingdom and an earthly messiah. The disciples on the road to Emmaus, they just didn't understand that he's dead now. Until he walked among them and declared unto him going back to the prophets. Oh, then they seen it. Oh, I get it now. Verse number 14, and it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he says, and he saith unto the Jews... Behold your king. Now if Herod had studied these things, and we later on learn when Paul was dealing with Agrippa, I mean, if Agrippa had studied these things as a leader, you think a lot of these leaders, like Pilate probably understood what was going on in their realm. He might have heard some of these you know, prophecies and one thing or another. Of course, they denied him. Verse number 19, But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. But that goes right back to John chapter number 1. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, 
and the world knew him not. He came unto his own. He was the Lamb of God. He was a Jew among the Jews as the lambs were among the lambs. He was a man among men. He was God as a man among men. Let's rephrase that. He was a man among men. He came into his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And we see that new birth in John chapter 3. Woo! So behold his birth, behold his examination. I find no fault in him. Behold the man, behold the king. Look at him as a man. If anything that this message, as I was thinking, I was like, I could take each of these and you could just expound upon these for weeks. All the intricate details, which makes me want to go to the life of Christ and do a study that way. Because you would get into more of these little intricacies that I am referring to. But if anything, church, you know, child of God, as we look at this and as you open the scriptures in your own private study, especially here in the Gospels, when you read of his earthly ministry and his earthly walk among us, look at this in this light. You know, don't just read over it. Pay attention to it. And even, you know, all throughout the New Testament, as, as, these, as, as the apostles declare more about Christ, because, again, as Brother, uh, uh, Brother Glenn pointed out, as he, we went through Acts, there's that transition. These, these, the Jews, as he kind of a little bit referred to today, he was speaking to the, to the church at Rome. He's speaking to Christians, but many of the Christians in the first century were still Jews. Amen. And they still had a mindset that they had to work through some yeah. things. Right. Circumcision, etc. And we know that the... the the, the conflict between Paul and Peter along that, that line. But all that being said, as we learn of him, as we read of him on our own, read of him with the mindset that I, as I look to Christ, as I learn of Christ, as I, I'm not just going to read over, I'm going to Pay attention to it. I'm going to observe it with some care. You know, get into... That's how we get, you know, some of these... That's that's how I've got all those books. <laughs> those books in there on my shelf. When, when one man can write a commentary on the book of John, which in my Bible and <laughs> your Bible covers... about that many pages and there's a commentator commentary that I have in there on my shelf that's that thick on that book how can one person do that are they adding to no they're not adding to they're just bringing out those details they're searching the scriptures they're taking John and they're comparing scripture with scripture and they're they're observing these things and they're writing and the same with Hebrews. Hebrews, I got one in there. Do one volume. It's that book. 
that wide. And men that, that, that commentate on the whole Bible, it's just that they, they, they have taken the time, had the time, taken the, made the time, taken the time to study and, and to get into the deeper intricacies of the gospel and of, of the life of Christ and of, of the things that are in here in the scriptures. And so, so if this message doesn't do anything, hopefully it'll bring somebody salvation because you will see Christ as the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. But for those that already know the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world and has the indwelling Holy Spirit, as we read and study, let's just pay a little bit more closer attention. Let's not just read over. Oh, we, yeah, we know, we, know the Christ, we know the birth story. We know the crucifixion story. We, we've heard that before. Don't do that. Let it be fresh. Get a fresh look. A fresh observation. Look at him again in, in a little closer, a little more care in your observation. Behold his death, Matthew chapter 27. His birth, his examination, now his death. In Matthew 27... I went to this one because I seen something for the first time. Read the same passage. But because of the way that it was presented to me in the past, in reference, they always reference the other gospel. And so you, you think of it that way instead of thinking of it in Matthew's, Matthew's way and his presentation... Matthew 27, verse 36. Let's see here. Let's let's get uh, verse 35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. Note, sitting down, Plural pronoun they. What did they do? They watched. There's where I'm trying to get to. They watched him. They want they they watched him. Well, they observed just after birth the annunciation or the announcement of his birth. They observed his life, and now they sat down just to watch him die. They're beholding his death. They're watching to see how he dies. You know people do that? <laughs> people observed. Anybody that's read any of the Fox's Book of Martyrs? I've read parts of it. I've not read the whole thing. But it's accounts of Christians dying for Christ, dying because of Christianity. And lots of times it has been historically referenced that Christians, men, children dying in the Colosseums as they turned the wild beast upon them died in such victory that Roman soldiers who, who went out hand-to-hand combat on the battlefield seen more victory and more grace in the Colosseums among the Christian women and children 
than they did among soldiers, hardened soldiers from the other countries that they were fighting, that many of the Roman soldiers turned to Christ after seeing the valiancy, if that's a word, of the deaths of women and children in the Colosseums, Christians. So people observe people how they die. I know preachers that observed people how they die on their deathbed and many of them have put it to pen. Some put it to pen that they died in Christ victoriously. And some people that died struggled and testified that they could see the demons, the devils that was there to take them to hell and burning feet and how that their feet was on fire and they died a torturous death, a tormented death. So people watched people die, they sitting, and sitting down they watched him there and, and set up over his head this accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Verse number 51, and behold... <laughs> Some things happened when, this, when he died. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, key, key phrase there, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. <clears throat> Now the centurion, now here's where the other gospel, I believe it's Luke's account, says, just mentions the centurion alone. They sat down and, be, and watched him there. Sitting down, they watched him there. Verse number 26, verse 54. Now when the centurion singular and they, wait a minute... It wasn't just, like in the other account, the centurion that made this declaration. It was the centurion and they. There was others that made this same observation and this same declaration. Now when the centurion and they, which were with him, watching Jesus saw. There's beholding. What did they see? They saw the earthquake and those things that were, that were done. They feared him greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Amen. Who said it? They said it. They feared, plural, not just the centurion. I said, what? i never seen that before. I, because I, you always just hear of the centurion making that declaration. But according to Matthew, it was the centurion and they that were with him. So more than just the centurion made that declaration, more than just the centurion feared as they beheld his death. And then we see another beholding afar off, verse number 20, 55, and many women were there beholding afar off which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, which is also Christ's mother, and 
the mother of Zebedee's children. So, some things happen, and again, things, so many things happen at his death. The earthquake, the veil rent, the propitiation that was made. I mean, you can just go into all those different aspects. We're not going to take the time to do that. But there again, if I can get over to you once you look at, as you read about his death through the Gospels and, and, and the actual account of Calvary, don't just read through. Stop. What is it? See with attention. Observe with care. There's a lot there. A lot there. A lot that I didn't even see till this morning. There was more than just a centurion that feared. More than just a centurion that declared. What did they declare? Truly, this was the Son of God. You know, in beholding his his birth, you could, you know, if I, I mean, what John said, he's the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God that was laid in a manger. He's the King of the Jews that was, you know, a man among men that were that was no fault in his examination. And his death, they declared that truly this was the Son of God. But they didn't come to that conclusion until they saw what was happening around them, around his death. And when they seen that, they said they made that declaration. They said, truly. You know, and as we preach and as we declare these things about Jesus Christ, our hope and our prayer, my hope and my prayer is that you will see, if you don't know, that Jesus is truly the Son of God. Behold his resurrection. Matthew chapter 28, we're right there. And then that's kind of where we was at on Wednesday night in our study. Matthew 28, verse number 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, something to look at, something to observe, something to pay attention to. There was a earth, great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment, as white, or, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, women, he answered, it's interesting, we don't hear a question from the, from the women verbally, but obviously <laughs> there were some questions there because he answered and said unto them, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said, come see, there's another behold there, see the place. Where the Lord lay. So, what is the declaration in in this in what they saw here? There was a great earthquake and a place where he lay. But the declaration was, "He's not here. <laughs> he has risen, as he said." What a declaration! 
And then another observation of his resurrection. We're going to go to John chapter 20. We were there Wednesday night. John chapter 20. And verse number 24. Let's see here. Yeah. John 20 verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he, saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and <laughs> behold my hands. Again, a good observation that it was the risen Lord. It wasn't just somebody that looked like him. Uh, it wasn't a look like a doppelganger, right? Is that what they call them? People that I come out, this is, I come, and everybody, I guess I got plenty. You look like just somebody I know. And we've we got to get that. In fact, we were making observations this morning compared to one of my baby pictures to, to Ezra's baby picture or baby now and some pictures of him. And, and then Braylon, my, my oldest son's son, um, and just how much, you can tell they're bells, one of those deals. But I come out of, uh, of a dorm over in Sicily when I was stationed there, and, and I had been there about nine of my 12 months, and a fella come out about the same time. He said, hey, so-and-so. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, you got the wrong person. No, you are. I mean, he got belligerent. No, you're such-and-such, and you were stationed at such-and-such. And, such and, such. and, da, 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 da. and I'm like, I'm not. And he just was in my face. And I'm like, I pulled out my wallet, pulled out my ID, Handed it to him. Oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, you look exact. I said, poor fella. Anyway, I look exactly like somebody out there. Or somebody looks exactly like me. I don't know. But we have those lookalikes. But it wasn't just a lookalike. How did he know it wasn't just a lookalike? Because it wasn't the face that he beheld. It was his hands. I believe when he comes again and he sets up his earthly kingdom on the throne, that's how they're going to know. <laughs> Behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. Behold my hands. Here it is. Not just look at it. But look at my hands with attention. Take some extra care in your observation. Not just me, my face, who Isaiah says was not necessarily something that you know, like the artist renditions wants to put out. 
looking at him, he was just nothing really special about him in his physical countenance. But there was something obviously <laughs> to behold in his hand, to look out with care and, observe and, and, and attention to in his hand. He said, Thomas, look. And then in beholding, what did Thomas? He made a declaration. What did Thomas say? And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have seen not and yet believed. And I would stop there, but I wanted to get down to verse 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. The book, John, uh, John's the writer. I, we could apply it to John's gospel, but it could also be applied to the Bible that we have. Many other things were done, other signs that he do in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But the, these are written. What we have the account of are written for a purpose. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Look, that's why we tell you about the birth. That's why we tell you about his sinless life. That's why we tell you about his death. That's why we tell you about his resurrection because that's the gospel. That's what you have to believe. And in believing, you'll, get, you'll have life through his name, that eternal life, that everlasting life that John declares in John chapter 3. John says, I wrote these things, these accounts. We wrote these things, these accounts, so that you might believe and have life. And that's why I'm standing up here week after week. That's why Brother Glenn gets down here and you, and you might have known him for a long time. Maybe you've known him just a few years. But he, you know, he gets up here and he, and he invites you to church. And others invite you to church. They want to see the best for you. Why? Because we know what the other side is. We, but we want to truly see you saved. Because we know what we have in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We know that our sins are blotted out like was discussed today. When he sees me, he sees the blood. He doesn't see my sin anymore. They're behind his back. They're gone. All that's in here. We're declaring that unto you, wanting to see you come to the same saving knowledge that I have and these others have as well. And this is where I was at last week. <clears throat> Behold his second coming. Matthew, we're going to go to Revelation 22. But before we go there, Matthew 25, 13 says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Behold his second coming. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to preach my message last week, but, or a week before last, whenever it was. But we, we already know the three beholds there if you've been here. Again, we have visitors. <laughs> you know not neither, you, 
for ye know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man cometh. But in Revelation 22, verse 7 says, Behold, I come quickly. Wait a minute. Now that's Christ's words. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Behold, I come quickly. He's saying to fix your eyes upon his coming. To see with attention what? His coming. Again, his second coming. We're supposed to observe with care what? His second coming. We're to be looking, not lethargic, not like the foolish virgins. We're to be looking. We're to be observing. We're to be anticipating. Looking into his second coming. Being ready for his second coming. He says it again. There in verse number uh, 7, Behold, no, 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. So he says, Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of these books, and he's coming with a reward. We're not going to labor that. But again, he says twice, Behold, I come quickly. And the fact that he's coming quickly, we're to observe that and pay attention to that. As he said, behold. And he says it again. <laughs> Verse number, uh, no, he doesn't say behold again, but he reiterates his coming again. He in verse number 20, he which testifies this is the, de- the, de- the declaration. Again, he gives all these beholds, and there were certain things declared. I find no fault in him. Uh, it was the, uh, another declaration was, behold the man, behold your king. Another declaration was, truly this was the Son of God, my Lord and my God. Here's a declaration out of Revelation 22. He which testifieth these things says, surely I come quickly. Amen. (laughs) Surely I come quickly, period. Amen. Period. And then here... John says, even so, come, Lord Jesus. You got to remember where John was when he wrote Revelation. (laughs) Historically, John had been boiled in oil. And he didn't die. Been boiled in oil and then banished to this island. Out on Patmos. I don't know if they had to grow their own food. I mean, he's, a pre- he's basically on an island as a prison. They used Australia in that manner back in the day. They also used a colony of Georgia from that manner back in the day. <clears throat> they just banished them out on this island. They couldn't go nowhere. So, I mean, did they have to grow their own, to live off the land or whatever? I don't know. He was in a bad place. And God gave him this vision. And he wrote Revelation. God gave him this revelation. And he pinned it down. And at the, at the end of this, Jesus Christ declares three times he's coming. And John, here at the end, said, Amen. <laughs> and here at the end says, Even so come, Lord Jesus. And I want to look at that word, Amen, and we're done. As a verb, it signifies to confirm, 
establish or to verify, to trust or give confidence. As a noun, truth, firmness, trust, confidence. As an adjective, firm, stable. So you can use the word amen as a noun, as a verb, or as an adjective. When you say it, uh, amen, you're just saying, you're telling the truth, preacher. Amen. You're declaring a truth, and, you're, and I, I have confidence in what you're saying. When you say amen back to the preacher in the preacher messages, you're saying, I have confidence in what you're saying is true. That's, what the word, that's just what the word means. And so, in Christ's declaration, in Revelation 22, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Surely, I come quickly. John said, Amen. You're telling the truth. I can place confidence in the fact you're coming back again. I can place confidence in the fact you're coming quickly. Because you done said it three times. And I have confidence that what you say is true. He just said, Amen. And then he said, Even so, come. Even so, Lord, come quick. Come. Even, even so, come, Lord Jesus. But that Amen, he, he is doing exactly what I encourage us to do as Christians is to observe, to anticipate, to observe with care. To look around, what there was of events at his death, earthquakes. There was a, an event at his resurrection, an earthquake. We just heard of an earthquake in Northern California. We heard an earthquake somewhere before, right before that. And and the Bible tells us, you know, the signs of the times will be earthquakes in divers places, Amen. wars and rumors of wars. I mean, look at the news. He's done declared it. We can look at it and observe it. And we can know. We can say amen. We believe what you said is true. And we're going to observe. We're going to be ready like the wise virgins. Not like the foolish virgins that wasn't ready. Virgins. Are you ready today? I encourage you to behold his birth. He came to die. Behold his life. He was a sinless Lamb of God, a sinless man, no fault at all. Behold his death. And his death says, truly, this was the Son of God. And in his resurrection, my Lord and my God declared these declarations. And then in his soon return, behold, I come quickly, even so, Lord, or even so come, Lord Jesus. And that's my message today. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, dear God, for your love and your mercy and your graces. Thank you, Lord, for your birth, your life, your death, your burial, your resurrection. And I thank God for your soon coming. And I pray and ask that those that don't know you as their Savior will come to know you before it's everlastingly too late. Lord, we'll be taken out and they'll be left behind. Uh, they will suffer things on this earth that they won't even understand, and, and it's beyond our imaginations. Or you, you talk about it in the, your word, but, Lord, the sufferings that they're going to face. And then 
they're going to eventually die and be cast into the lake of fire after standing in judgment according to thy word. And Lord, it's there. And I pray that they would come to Christ before, again, it's too late. But Lord, for we Christians that help us, Lord, to look to the eastern sky and in anticipation of your coming, be busy about our Father's business, be busy to compel them to come in, be busy to get the gospel out in whatever means that we can, be busy to be witnesses before thee, and Lord, be busy to keep ourselves, as we'll learn tonight in Second Peter chapter 3, to examine ourselves and to live uh, circumspectly. We ask and pray that you'll guide and direct in the, Sunday, in the invitation time, and we ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Brother Tim.